0: Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff.
1: Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by us.
0: <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll them.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.
0: You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yep. Or was I supposed to act that out?
1: Hello and welcome everyone, come one, come all, step into the china shop today, step right in, opening the doors, got a special interview episode, very excited about that. With me as always is Kyle, creator of financialineptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle?
0: I'm seeing green today, I am happy, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, it's a blessed green morning for you. Yeah, and only two months late. yes (laughs)
1: yes <laughs> only a little late yeah well we are joined today by dr hans the main investor over at the InvestingTutor.com. how are you doing today dr hans
3: doing very very well dan and cal thank you so much for having me oh no thanks for doing our show
0: <laughs> yes our pleasure it's, it's nice to have uh, credentialed people on here for a change, rather than, uh, what, comedians and <laughs> <laughs> pot companies. <laughs>
1: Love those pot companies. I know you do. <laughs> oh. So, Dr. Hans has finally joined us today. He's going to share with us a lot of his wisdom and uh, the knowledge he's gotten. He's a long-term investor. How long have you been investing uh, or playing around with stocks?
3: Yeah, I'd say, and and I, I I don't consider it playing around. I take it pretty serious. <laughs> but it's been about twelve years.
1: <laughs> oh well, that's more than enough time to learn your way around the dark streets of Wall.
3: How about you all?
0: I think Dan, how long you've been? We've been doing this about the same amount of time. You started really young, though.
1: Yes, uh, I started dabbling when I was really young, about thirteen years old.
3: Oh wow. I That's I used phenomenal. a check
1: my grandmother gave me for my birthday to to buy a direct stock purchase mm. from a utilities company, put it in a dividend reinvestment program. Gonna be my retirement. But uh then Enron happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kinda blew up on me.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Dan's always been a gifted picker.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes, definitely.
0: Uh I've been probably more serious about the long term investing uh probably since right about 2007. So I, too, also picked a terrible time to start. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it was maybe three or six months before the crash. I was still in the Navy. I was using my uh, uh, bonus money from, from the military. And, yeah, uh, it didn't do very well right off the bat. Yeah, I'm um, super
1: all right. Well, I had uh, forgotten. We, we had planned on starting off with some music to, uh, you know, give you a little feel for what we do here in the China Shop. Yeah, uh, please. Yeah, here. You should be able to hear this. <laughs> <laughs>
4: now it's basic
1: investing with the bulls in the shop, rising up to the challenge. To sell those shares off because we're holding them all with an eye to retire.
3: <laughs> Is that you, Dan? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I like it. I have a good time with the tunes, it's a lot of fun. I was
0: thinking we should use that for the intro song, but we kind of skipped that part already. All right, um, let's go ahead and uh start moving this thing along. <laughs> uh, Dr. Hans, um, so. So tell us more about your style. Uh, You say you're a long-term investor, and then you like to study the trends and the actual mechanisms that make the markets move. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that actually means?
3: Yeah. um, So I started investing, as I shared, um, pretty much about uh, 10, 12 years ago. And at that time, I knew little to nothing about investing, uh, right? So to Dan's point, in the beginning, uh, the very first stock that I purchased was uh, Netflix. And ah, I did one of those too. It was about $50 a share. It was right around the time that I think Reed Hastings had announced that they were switching over to an online version of, of Netflix. Mm-hmm. The markets reacted quite negatively, right? They wanted their physical DVDs. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> how could you dare tell us you want to put the, the movies on the internet? What is the internet? Oh my gosh, Netflix is going to go out of business for this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I believe the, the stock fell to about $50 per share. And that was uh, around that time that I purchased uh, two shares. Mm-hmm. So I purchased the shares and I saw it increase from $50 to $100 per share. And immediately I sold, uh, you know, the high investment. And I was like, yes, this is it. <laughs> I've made it. I'm an investor. <laughs> I've made money. This is Damn it. Dope. And it, it took a while, maybe a couple of months. And I was like, hmm, what was the point of that? I mean, I took the $100 gain that I had. I spent it on something that i don 't remember. Clearly, this is not how wealth is built. so kind of I had to go back and you know begin learning from the best. Uh, how is investing done the right way? How does an individual build wealth? How do we understand what's happening you know in the economy with companies and and that's been. The last 10 years, 10 to 12 years, the journey for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and and along the way in 2016, I realized, so halfway into my journey, I realized that most of the individuals in my community or underrepresented groups, even uh, women and, you know, millennials, we, most of us aren't taught much about the topic of investing. Right. So I saw that as an opportunity to, you know, come into this space as, you know, the investing tutor and simplify the subject of investing and then make it easy to understand. So yeah, that's uh, when I launched my business in 2016, been running the business for about five years now, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, working one-on-one was my initial business model. Now I hold workshops and things of that nature so I can work in a group. But believe it or not, in 2016, when, I, when the business kicked off, there wasn't a single individual that you could reach out to in the US to teach you one-on-one how to invest. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Because I went to Google and I no, said, No, no, in <laughs> investing. investing <student. laughs> but I, I get it. Um, to your question, yeah. <laughs> it's because the financial industry has no incentive to want to teach you how to invest, right? They would prefer you bring your money. How can they make money off of your funds if, if, if you don't bring it over to them, right? How they charge their 2% fee or 1% fee or 3% fee? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with their fee, but the model by which Wall Street is built, specifically the financial advisory business, Mm -hmm. there's no incentive for them to want to show you how to invest, right? Because otherwise they're not going to have a repeat customer. If If you are clueless about investing, you have to leave your money with them. Right. You, have, you have no other option, right? How are you going to invest if you don't know what a stock is, what a brokerage account is? Uh, you know, I was shocked that I had friends come to me and say, hey, Hans, um, I keep hearing about a 401k. What is that? And I looked at them. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I was shocked. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, And right around the same time, a friend said... "Um." What's a stock? How can I buy a stock? Dan? Wait, Dan?
2: <laughs> Wait,
3: I think yeah. you have
1: something for that. I have something for this. Okay. A stock is a share, of course, of course, with dividends paying out value of sorts. That is, of course, unless the source is running in the red.
0: that's a stock dr hans i'm loving this
3: (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no i'm really loving this so i i I felt it as an obligation to begin to educate you know Mm -hmm. um as i shared people in my community anyone who wanted to learn and surprisingly when i started Back in 2016, believe it or not, social media didn't have a lot of personal finance, you know, being posted all the time as much as we, we have today. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's
0: all over the it's social media these days.
3: All over. Oh, my gosh. And it's been super incredible to see the change and the shift um, over, over time. Um. As far as doing the the tutoring, did you have any
0: special accreditations or anything that you had to actually go and apply for in order to do that?
3: No, you just have to read the SEC laws, Uh which designate what a financial advisor who has to be, um, you know, registered and everything has to abide by, right? So if if a person, right, for compensation is managing. People's money and then advising where the mm-hmm. fund should go as to the purchase of specific securities. Right. Right. Then all of a sudden it gets into the wheelhouse of the SEC. But when an individual like myself is coming in saying, Hey, I'm educating, and I'm not right. educating about specific stocks and securities, but rather I'm teaching an individual, okay, this is a stock, this is how you analyze it. You know, this is how you identify good performing stocks. This is what you look out for, and I do the same with uh, index funds or exchange traded funds. Mm -hmm. This is an ETF. You know, this is what an expense ratio means. You know, this 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 is how you look at the holdings within an ETF. All of a sudden, it puts me in the classification of an educator or someone who is not providing personalized, you know, financial advice.
0: Yeah, because that's definitely a, a very tricky
3: uh, a gray area or area you don't want to get caught in. Definitely not. Yeah, that's why uh, before I launched my business, one of the first things that I did was, uh, you know, download and read the entire. <laughs> oh, my God. How long did that take? Oh, man. But you have to do it, right? So <laughs> I. Always, you know, um, if you were to go to my website, you see all of the disclaimers. Plus, when I'm working one on one with individuals, I never even up. The funny thing is, the SEC designation says for compensation if you're like telling people what to do, right? Mm -hmm. But even if people message me who are not, you know, paying members, so literally free um, individuals who follow me on social media, if they were to message me and say, hey, Uh, Dr. Hans, what do you think about this stock? I I won't share my opinion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll tell them, you know, go analyze it. Or I can speak from my perspective, you know. Right. For example, I can say, oh, you know, based on my opinion, this is what I think. Right. So that it's not, uh, you know, taken as, you know, offering advice. when You're not prescribing an action. Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we had we had David Modell on. He was very, very cautious about making sure that he he put the disclaimers out. I'm not licensed. Do your own research uh, before you would tell us anything about the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Do you do anything with uh, any of the securities like options or forex or futures, or are you more
3: uh, stock trading in general? Yeah. So. I don't do any of the options and Forex for me. It's more, um, yeah, just stock market. And now slowly, but surely started to branch into crypto. Crypto. Yeah. I'm
0: still scared of crypto. And Mm -hmm. I think that's more because I don't fully understand.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I completely understand why you're scared. Um, I've been studying the market for the past, uh, Two, almost three years. Mm-hmm. And I'm just scratching the surface as to the amount of information out there about. Oh, I know. Yeah.
0: We've had a couple guests on who specialize in that, and I still walk away like, <laughs> like, wait, it's only worth that because we say
3: it's worth that. What does it do? What does it
0: do? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well,
3: it's not necessarily because we say it's worth that. So uh, that's right. one, one portion of it, which, you know, is. If people are willing to exchange real currency for that, it imbues uh, the asset a certain value because, you know, we're exchanging dollars or currency for that. That's part, part right. of it. The other is, is energy, right? And, and that's why we hear in the news. Oh. In the news that, yeah, because you need energy to maintain mine and right. maintain the Bitcoin network. And that energy costs money so that's also uh, a value that's you know being placed onto the
0: network oh.
3: yeah yeah yep. okay something just clicked in my head there yeah so because uh, think of, and and this uh, gent and I know we're talking about socks not crypto but <laughs> uh, that's <all> right. <laughs> and, and one share that you know the amount of energy that's used to mine let's say um one bitcoin right mm-hmm. if you were to ask yourself, how do I capture that amount of energy and move it anywhere across the globe? Like that exact same amount of energy or transfer mm-hmm. that same amount of energy a hundred years into the future without losing any of that energy. The only way you can do that is via Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I can't stick a Bitcoin in my uh, electric
3: vehicle and have it run. <laughs> you, you, you actually can. Are you, uh, what? Really? Yeah smart devices can have their own digital wallets and uh, make payments and everything. So, Oh, in- no,
0: yeah, you're, that, that's just paying for it. But the energy that was gone into creating the Bitcoin is gone at that point, right? It's been converted into the
3: product. Ab- absolutely. It's been converted into the product and, and it is holding that value, right? right? So for example, if a person wanted to go purchase that amount of energy, they can use that portion of Bitcoin at any time to be able to get an equivalent amount of that energy Huh yeah.
0: so there is an actual asset that's backing it then,
3: if you think of it in that, that terms because that's always yeah. been one of my main holdups. Yes, there definitely is, and also another value uh, prop that you have to think about is you know the network effects, right mm-hmm. There is value in a network, for example. Facebook is a social network. The reason why Facebook, uh, Facebook becomes more valuable as more people use the network, right? right? The incremental user makes the network more valuable. It's the Mm -hmm. exact same for Bitcoin. Every incremental user makes the Bitcoin network more valuable because then there's more people that we can transact that global digital currency with. So that is also another layer of the value of Bitcoin. Mm. Like I said, it, it goes, there's a ton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Fascinating.
0: uh, Let's, uh, let's jump back to stocks real quick. Um, You mentioned uh, the, the, the process of, of trying to analyze and choose good stocks. Um, What are some of the things that you look for when you're, when you're picking a stock or when you're going through, like what do you set your screeners up to, to search for?
3: Yeah, before I even go to a screener, I ask some very simple, basic questions, which I think, um, you know, any and everyone can ask. Mm-hmm. The First one is, do I love or even care about this company mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm looking <laughs> to invest in, right? It's very basic. I try to keep yep. things simple. If the answer is no, I'm not buying it. Um, if mm-hmm. the answer is yes, oh, okay. Then now I can move on to the next question. Do I understand their business? How are they making money? Do I understand it? What is their business? You know, right. how are they making money? That's the number two. And number three, will this company continue to grow into the future? Meaning, are they whatever they are selling, are they going to be selling more of it? Would they have more customers? Right. So we can take Disney, for example, will, will there be more Disney plus subscribers five, 10 years from now? The average person listening to this podcast can tell you, you know, (laughs) with confidence. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So by that very simple answer, Mm -hmm. an individual can have a strong, you know, estimated uh, guess as to the potential growth of Disney without knowing, oh, is it going to be 20%, 25? That doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But a person can buy that knowing that, oh, at least I know my money will grow and continue to grow into the future. Right. So those are the basics that I try and cover before I even sit down to even analyze. <laughs> well, those are some
0: great questions. I think Dan and I have talked about that before. That's kind of one of uh, Buffett's like keys mm. that we've mentioned multiple times is is picking companies that that it, you know the product has a use and will continue to have a use, like Gillette razors during the dot-com bubble. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you
1: understand where the company gets its money.
0: Right. So does that mean that you stay more away from growth stocks or stocks that are uh, like an inception, something like oh. Virgin Galactic that doesn't actually make any money yet but is
3: no, hopefully I, on the path? I love those companies. So Okay. I know you mentioned Buffett, like, you know, I was a student of, of Buffett. Mm-hmm. I see myself as during the early days of my uh, education about this field, I learned as much as I could from the best out there, right? So the Ray mm-hmm. Dalio's, the Warren Buffett, the Peter Lynch's, you know, the Stanley Drakenmiller. I, I mean, just learned as much. So I, you know, went across and, mm-hmm. and just, Learn from everyone, and what I did was I just picked out the best, right? From each individual person, and then applied it in a way that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not your typical value investor, or you know, or this particular like momentum trader, or um, you know, only a A growth or tech investor, right? I tend to look from a fundamental standpoint, so I don't necessarily perform a lot of technical analysis, right? I look at companies from a fundamental standpoint and then try and anticipate or estimate their future value. So a company Mm -hmm. like Virgin, which is doesn't have any revenue, you know it's difficult because they are at the very early stage. So the question that a person has to ask is how confident are you that Virgin Galactic is going to be able to deliver on their goals?
0: Depends on when you ask me. If you asked me two months ago, I would have been very
3: confident. (laughs) 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 The last two weeks, not as much. (laughs) It's, It's yeah. And, um, that's the only reason why I haven't necessarily purchased, uh, you know, Virgin Galactic yet. Mm. But that doesn't mean, you know, that company will not be successful. I just need to be quite certain, right? For you know, if if SpaceX was a public company, oh, I'd have been on that in a heartbeat. No brainer, right? Yeah. Even if, if they are not making any money. Yeah, it's just a no-brainer. Just the cult of Elon Musk will sustain that stock for <laughs> decades. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I asked those three questions. Then I look at you know, other metrics. I can share a few of them with you. Sure. I, you, you know, I look at revenue growth over time. Um, I look at uh, Wall Street sentiments, right? Mm-hmm. So analyst sentiments. I think it's uh, super important. Um, I also look at uh you know EPS or earnings per share growth over time. Right. To, to, to see, okay, hey, how is this company growing profits over time? Um about 12 other metrics, but the ones that I shared with you, I'd say are some of the highlights of what I look at. So analysts sentiments, as well as analysts' price targets, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, revenue growth over time. Um, and then, you know, earnings per share, EPS, uh, uh growth. I like uh, cash flow, too. I like to see cash mm-hmm. on hand versus mm-hmm. debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, cash is, is king, right? And then so, what's
0: the other one? Return on equity. That's another one I really like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: How are they using, you know...
0: Uh, um, What's their efficiency of the revenue that they're bringing in? How much are they actually clearing or making profit on? Absolutely. Dan, I think you had a question about uh, uh, the beginner investors.
1: Yeah. What do you find is, are, are some of the most common mistakes people make when they're first starting out in investing?
3: Oh, that's quite simple. And uh, They mm-hmm. think that they can spend the next uh, 10 to 15 years paying off all of their student loans. And once they are done, they are going to have more money to be able to allocate into the market <laughs> and <laughs> and have enough time to reach retirement. Uh, yeah, that's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, right. Think about like, oh, I'm going to pay off all my debt so that I have more money. Right. So I can invest double the amount that maybe I can invest now, right? Mm -hmm. I can double it. And in 15, even if I start in 15 years, I'm going to have twice the amount so I can make it up. (laughs) Yeah. Huge mistake. And compound interest is amazing. It is mind blowing. Uh, You know, the day that I discovered that the average person would have to invest four times their money, to, to make up for waiting, I think about 10 years or so. I was Ooh. shocked. Yeah, yeah, they invest four times their money to make up for waiting about 10 years. So then, you know, it's, it, it just seems like when you just think about it, oh yeah, I'll double my money. So then, meaning once debt is paid off, I can double the amount of money I'm investing. So people think that, and and Th- that'll make up, yeah. that will make up. And the funny thing is, they don't even know what cycle the market is gonna be in. Are we gonna mm-hmm. be in a, 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 a you know a decade downward, uh, or just a flattening of the market, like mm-hmm. we experienced from two thousand and two all the way to like you know um oh oh eight, oh nine, right after mm-hmm. that peak and then bottom. So that year was literally flat. <laughs> in terms of things. <laughs> so individuals don't understand all of this and they think they can just pick and choose when they can come into the market. And, you know, the market is going to be waiting for them because they have more capital to allocate into the market. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I've, I, I see um, out there beyond that. It is trying to time the market, right? A person mm, has yeah. money. They are, they are ready to invest. <laughs> and to your point they're like, oh, I'll just wait for the stock to dip <laughs> as, if they, as if they control what the stock market <laughs> is going to do. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just wait for it to dip and then I'll buy it. Okay. What if it keeps going up? <laughs> what yeah. If you ex- yeah. What if you experience a 2009 through till 2019 market where the S&P 500 grew about 500%? You'd be right. visiting- <laughs> Aside waiting for a <coughs> a, a market crash that never <laughs> arrives, right?
0: Yeah, I think uh, yeah the 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 waiting though that I think that one of my favorite sayings is like the best time to start investing is yesterday. Mm. <laughs> the next best time is today. Absolutely,
3: I wholeheartedly agree.
0: <laughs> and I think Dan, you've had some experience with trying to to time things.
1: Oh, yeah, my timing is not good. <laughs>
0: Nobody's is. But it's, uh,
1: <laughs> but I'll tell you, I, you really did speak to my own experience. Um, it wasn't until I started paying myself first saying, all right, yeah, whatever debts I got, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to prioritize. The first bill I pay is to my brokerage account. And mm. then all of a sudden it started growing. Even if I'm making bad decisions, yep. and I'm not necessarily picking the best stocks. Yep. My, my portfolio is growing. Right. Absolutely. And and uh, uh, yeah, I just ignore the debts, and I'm now now I'm a year in, and
4: uh, <laughs> so uh, you ignore them. Hang on. <laughs> I, well, you know,
1: I still pay them. Like I'm not in trouble here. They're not gonna yeah. come take my car. Uh, but I'm not I'm not as worried. Uh, and and it's been it's been fantastic because I've watched this portfolio literally grow from
3: zero to something substantial. Right. Yeah. One last thing that I'd add, and this this will surprise you both. Uh, because you're kind of in, in the finance field, but the average person thinks that the price of a stock tells them whether a stock is cheap or affordable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> for example, Ford, you know, I don't even know what Ford stock is right now, but back then. It 13, was, yeah, back then 13. it was about $9 per share, right? So, someone mm-hmm. would see a Ford stock for $9 and then they'll see Amazon back in the day when it was. Nine hundred, right? Right. Obviously, right now Amazon is like three thousand. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They they would see both stocks, and if they have to purchase a stock, even though they can buy fractional shares, they will say, "Oh, the Ford stock looks cheaper, so I can afford it." Yeah, <laughs> market cap is a <laughs> market capitalization. I know they don't. They don't mm-hmm. even. Most people. Well, ninety nine point. 9% of people don't know what market cap is right so then to them they're just looking at price and yep. price tells i keep saying it price tells you nothing
0: <laughs> i keep having trouble with my mom uh, I, I give her a couple stocks that i've liked over the years and say you should check out this one i think it, it just uh, got hit with some bad news it'll recover and she'll look and be like that's 130 dollars a share that's too expensive. There you <laughs> there go. go. No, no, it's cheap right now. Mom. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, a lot of people make that mistake. So so how how
1: uh, how do you go about identifying when the market cycle has shifted to a new new cycle a new? Well, first,
0: can you state? explain the the cycle in uh, in general, like?
3: You, you kind of briefly touched on it, but anyway. yeah, um, trying to keep it very simple, right? Yeah, w- with the economy, we have uh, you know cycles of expansion where you know everything is booming. <laughs> you know, no. oh my gosh, what they used to back then 1920 was called Roaring 20s, right? Mm, right. So yeah. You often hear in the news, we're about to enter the Roaring 20s. Well. The past like four or five months doesn't feel like it in the stock market. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then you you have cycles of contraction, right? So mm-hmm. to kind of um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for to differentiate the two, right? Mm-hmm. In the booming markets or the expansionary markets, that's where you have capital flowing in an economy. And the rates, so interest rates attached to, to, to uh, the capital, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to borrow that capital is really low. So then there's mm-hmm. an incentive for people to want to borrow money. And when they borrow money, they spend, right? Right. And, and what most people don't realize is every dollar that you spend is someone else's salary and that person right. also gets to spend that money and it's someone else's salary. So when there is free flow of of money, cash, mm-hmm. at low rates in an economy, it is expansionary, right? It allows an economy to boom. Okay. The, the opposite happens when rates begin to increase. So if you're wondering, why have we barely moved if this should be raw in 20s? Because the market is terrified. <laughs> when is the Fed going to increase rates? Because when rates go up, you know, it, that money that is in circulation becomes super expensive.
4: Right.
3: Right. Ah, because, okay. uh, yeah, because now, oh my gosh, what? Rates are higher. Are people going to want to borrow more money? Are people going to want to spend? No, it's too expensive. I don't want a mortgage for 5% interest.
4: Right. What? 5%? <laughs>
3: It's not like in 1980, interest oh, yeah. rates for homes <laughs> like 12 was about or 13, oh, exactly five percent. Whoa, five! You know, so the market right now is anticipating, even though the Fed has said we're not increasing rates till 2023 or 2024.
0: I was gonna say that, yeah. Why are they still freaking out about it every single week? <laughs> every week they come on and say that.
3: Yeah, it's it's almost like you're at a party and the hosts keep telling you, let's imagine it's about uh, you know midnight, and the keep mm-hmm. keeps saying we're going to party till six in the morning. And people are having such a good time, they're like, ah, what if they decide to end this party at one? How mm-hmm. do you know that they are not gonna end it at one? <laughs> 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 While you're dancing, you hear sirens you know, outside, you're like, Oh my gosh, well, will someone come and break this party up? Um, w- wait, are, are you sure you're going to keep this party going no matter what? And the host keeps saying, I'm keeping this party going. And people are like, are you sure? How, how are we certain? You know? So True. right now the market is, is not taking time to just enjoy right. <laughs> the low rates. Yeah. They are terrified um, that rates will increase. And the thing that is causing them to be terrified, you know, referencing this, the sirens that I had shared, like, you know, you know how it's right. partying and, you know, cops are like, hey, wh- why, why are you guys making noise? Party over. You know that <laughs> the party is done. When a police officer says, you know, everyone go home, move along. yeah. Well, that police officer, as an analogy, is inflation. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and people are like, what is inflation? Well, inflation is yeah. when the cost of goods and services go up, right? Mm-hmm. And the worst thing, and I don't want to get too much into economics here for the listeners, so just take my word for it. <laughs> the worst thing that can happen is for inflation to go up and then interest rates below. That is the worst thing to happen. Um, because then prices of of goods and services are soaring, mm-hmm. while there's more money in circulation, so it makes your money worth less. <laughs> kind of a, a vicious cycle that feeds a uh, vicious cycle feeds it. Yep. So people's money in their savings account, you might have ten thousand dollars in your savings account, but if inflation takes off. That mm-hmm. 10000 could realistically be worth $5,000. So when that happens, when inflation, you know, becomes real, the Federal Reserve has no choice but to increase interest rates. Right. So now think about it. We're having a party. You kind of... Y- y- It seems like we're hearing, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, we're definitely hearing sirens. Yeah, it seems like we're hearing it, but we have we haven't seen anyone at the door yet, and you're wondering if it's just your mind making you hear it. But it's you know, and the reason there is a fear for inflation is because of the amount of money that has been printed over in 2020, about 27 percent of all of the U.S. dollars in circulation mm-hmm. was printed in one year. About 25 to 27% more dollars. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you found a graphic that was kind of...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I that, shared yeah.
1: A, a graph on, uh, on our Discord server that showed the M3 Yep, uh, and how it spiked in 2020.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So, so I want people to imagine, um, literally there's more dollars chasing the same goods and services we have, mm-hmm. right? Because keep in mind, we've been locked up. So it's not like, right. the- <laughs> so there's more money chasing goods and services. So realistically, those, you know, assets or those things should increase in value because there's just more money in circulation. That money has to find a place. That's why, you know, and it's funny. Can I share something? You know, most people celebrate that their home values are increasing. (laughs) And it's funny because from a financial standpoint, you need to ask yourself, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why is your house worth, 10 or 15% more just in one year. Um, oh, it's don't, not don't. by accident, folks. do burst it, my bubble. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it could be the sirens outside. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, and, and that's why the market is hesitant. Now, let's translate that into um, tech stocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, technology stocks are companies that have to grow quickly and the way that they grow quickly is by getting access to more capital more cash so for them they can borrow a ton of money at low rates and be okay because they are growing at such a fast pace they can then pay back all of those you know loans right Mm -hmm. so tech companies benefit in a low interest rate environment because it gives them more cash And imagine that cash is plowed into their business and then what they are growing exponentially. But what happens when all of a sudden the money that you're going to borrow costs a lot more. Mm. Right. Now tech doesn't seem as attractive because it becomes risky. Right. Uh Yeah. The capital costs much more. So
0: is that why we're seeing the rotation out of growth in tech?
3: Yes. It's, It's partly because of the uh, inflation fears, which, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, translates into interest rates increase fears. And also, we have to understand that 2020, there was literally no money, and that's an exaggeration, going into (laughs) value stocks. (laughs) So we need to have a broadening of the uh, market if we want it to be sustainable. Right. We Mm. cannot have all capital, like all the capital going into only a a handful of of sectors. Right. So we're 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 seeing a broadening out of the market, meaning money. Some of the money that was placed in in tech is being reallocated to other. um, What's the term that I'm looking for? To other sectors. Right. Right, like energy
0: looks like energy and utilities. I think have been benefiting a lot lately.
3: Right, exactly, exactly. Safe, and, dividend and, paying. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I was surprised. I was looking at you know my uh, portfolio, which is heavy in tech. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, at the beginning of this year, I had a choice to rotate out of tech or keep it in tech. And I make, I made the decision to keep a large portion of it in tech because I just assumed that the current administration will do whatever they need to do to you know keep the party going. <laughs> <Right>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I didn't think about and which is very hard to anticipate is whether the people at the party will be concerned about <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> regardless of what the host is saying if people at the party are more worried about what could potentially happen, they are not even enjoying the party. That right. is what I missed. And so they're ruining that, it for you too. I right. know. So that is market <laughs> that, that tells you um the psychology of, of participants in the market is what at the end of the day rules. N- mm-hmm. Not your you know your well steadied. Um, thesis mm-hmm. on how things should play out because my thesis was spot on. Oh my, my gosh.
0: New administ- infrastructure.
3: Yes, infrastructure <laughs> about to put another two trillion of stimulus checks in people's hands. Mm-hmm. You know, they are going to give EV credits to Tesla. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're good. We're good. We're good yeah. to go. <laughs> 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 I mean, on paper, it looks splendid. How can you judge that the market is going to be scared of increasing of inflation? And right. I mean, the Fed literally said, we are not thinking about thinking about raising rates. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What else do they want to hear? You know, want to hear it every week, it seems like.
3: like. Oh, that's a lame party. Yeah, Yeah. it's a lame party. People are not even dancing. They are looking out the window. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Telling
0: everyone to be quiet. I think I hear something. (laughs) That's a great analogy. Yeah, that's a very awesome explanation, too. I think it just made a lot of things kind of click in my head. Mm -hmm. Because I was in the same boat you were. I think Dan... You as well. We were making the bet that Biden's infrastructure plan going towards uh, EV. EV stocks mm-hmm. should have been benefiting from this. But yeah, if everybody else is afraid of it and pulling their money out of it, well, that's not going to do you any good. I <laughs> guess that's why
1: my, uh, my Westwater
3: resources is down so much. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Amazon is pulling in hundred billions of dollars per quarter. What? Mm-hmm. Hundred billion dollars in revenue. That is a boatload of money. Yes. Yeah. And the stock has barely moved. Right. What?
2: Yes.
3: More money than I mean, some
1: countries.
2: And, I and know, right? You
3: know, you know the funny thing? Meanwhile, Doge is up 24,000%. Oh, I know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, that's true.
3: Yeah, it's a it, joke. It, it, it's a joke. It, <laughs> I know, right? It's, it, it's it, I mean, so at some point, I, 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 I took a seat and I was
2: like, hmm,
3: you know, Hans, you were so articulate with your views of the market and the prospects and, you know, this cycle and that cycle and, you know, this stimulus and all of that. And look, Doge just up 24,000%. <laughs> what did you miss? market psychology and yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting if i had not brushed off doge as a joke i had the opportunity in january i brushed it off we oh, go it's a joke i'm not even going to pay attention to it so guess what i missed one important piece of information which would oh, have changed everything last... no 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 uh. no no it was listed on robin hood Oh, that is this, that is, that is key because Mm. with cryptocurrency demand
2: is Mm. what determines its price movement.
3: And if we have an on-ramp for retail from beginning investors all the Mm -hmm. way to, you know, more Um, knowledgeable investors. Once there's an on-ramp, which we all know Robinhood is the number one retail investing app. Are
0: Mm -hmm. they still? Yeah. Even after three times they've screwed investors out of uh, (laughs) cryptocurrencies? Last (laughs) week.
1: I love you, baby. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it.
3: (laughs) Last week, they said Robinhood, uh, Vlad Tenev, he shared a picture on Twitter Number one most downloaded app, Robinhood.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no such thing as bad press, I guess. I
3: guess. <laughs> so that was the uh, thing that I missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as Brashley, oh, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke. And um, it was on Robinhood. And guess Lord. what? <laughs> Many people don't sit down to perform fundamental or technical analysis the way that we do. Some people just want to buy something because it costs $0.05. Remember our discussion about price? Value, right. $0.05, $0.10. Oh, my gosh. Bitcoin is 50000 This is $0.05. I can buy a little. Right. It is the retail perspective. There's no... I'm just buying this because I want to buy it. And no one can stop me, right? And I'm not talking about myself. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Even though I wish I had put about a thousand dollars into <laughs> Doge, because if I had in January when I discovered that it was listed on Robinhood, it would be worth roughly about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars today.
0: I think I saw something. This is, I think, before the the crash. After Elon Musk went on SNL, but hmm. they said that if you put all of your stimulus checks into Doge coin, you'd be a millionaire. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> crazy.
3: Um, yeah it's been fascinating to 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 watch it's a joke but nobody's laughing anymore not yeah. anymore no <laughs> yeah, not, not yeah uh, or the only people laughing are the ones who invested yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about that goldman sachs uh a manager who quit his job um two days no. ago no yeah district manager in london he quit his his job because he's become a multi-millionaire because of Doge. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh.
2: Look <laughs> <But> for him. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, Well, Dan, do you have anything else you want to cover?
0: Um, Actually, no. I kind of want to ask about, uh, have you followed Jumia by any chance?
3: Yeah, um, not closely, but uh, Jumia is one of the investments that I hold. Okay. But it's more of a long-term investment. Yeah, me too. So I don't necessarily follow it like on a day-to-day basis like I do Tesla. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my thoughts about Jumia, when we look at how Amazon has you know, uh, utilized e-commerce as a way to dominate the retail field in mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the US and now they're expanding to India. And, oh, they are. You know, yeah. Oh, oh, oh my nice. gosh. Yeah, during I the pandemic. News, yeah, <laughs> during the pandemic, um, ton of money, you know, was flowing into India, especially uh, Amazon. So yeah, they are looking at uh, being able to deliver, uh, you know, retail goods in in India. Mm-hmm. So, um, just looking at the blueprint of what Amazon has been able to do, it begs the question. What's the, you know, retail supergiant in Africa? And, um, and I just couldn't find any such player. So when Mm -hmm. Junior popped up, you know, at that time, I believe it was worth anywhere between three to 5 billion or so. I was like, hmm, Amazon is worth $1.5 trillion. Right. Jumia is looking to serve the entire continent, not only a country, (laughs) you know? The (laughs) continent of Africa. And I was like, man, this company should be worth way more than, you know, 5 billion or whatever. You know, even if it's 10 billion, it should be worth way more than that by comparison. Mm -hmm. So then, um, that was the thesis. Also, they had some incredible backers, right? In terms of prior investors into mm-hmm. Dumia. That was also a confirmation. And also, it was a service that I knew individuals uh, back home who've utilized it and they really enjoyed it. Okay. So, so yeah. Checks all the boxes. Yeah, it definitely does. So I view it as more of a long-term investment and... Uh, yeah, because I
0: think they're still not profitable. Actually, their earnings are today, I think. Or maybe tomorrow. I think they're mm. tomorrow. I think they've yet to actually post a profit, but uh, they've definitely grown quite a bit thanks to the pandemic.
3: Yes, it's significantly. It took off uh, substantially. When I purchased Jumia, it was around $20 per share. I watched it drop to $3 per share. <laughs> and then during the pandemic, it took off from $3 all the way up to about $24, $30. And I was like, God, why didn't I buy in at $3? But right. going back to the point, you can never anticipate, predict <laughs> what the market is going to do.
0: You just can't. Well, a lot of it's big run up, I think, was uh, got sucked into the, the short squeeze with Mm. GameStop and all the mm. other ones because mm. it had a really healthy short interest on it when it was, ah. I think it ran up to almost 60. Gotcha. It did.
3: Oh, it went up to 60?
1: Why? I think in, it hit 60 fe- at one point. In February, it, it, it got over 60.
3: Wow. Yep. That, that even tells you and confirms that I really view it as a long-term investment. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it.
0: <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking as it was running up there. I'm thinking like, mm. yeah, this is going to be something huge in five years. If yeah. it doesn't get bought out by an Amazon or somebody trying to get a foothold, because that's really the only exactly, exactly. the only way in. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, do you have anything else, or should we move on to the the fun stuff and kind of wrap this up?
1: I think uh, I think it's time to move on to some fun stuff. We've gotten some. Right. We've gotten some great, great uh, stock uh, advice and analogies. You you've really opened. I know my eyes. I'm pretty sure Kyle's too. Oh yeah. On yes. a lot of this stuff.
0: Um. We, we like to prepare something special for each of our guests to kind of have a little bit of fun to close these things up. So since you're a doctor, uh, I've put together a list of, well, you'll get a multiple choice of doctors that are on television. And you have to tell me which doctor is actually a real doctor.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you big on
0: uh, watching the medical shows? A few of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Okay. Okay, so Dr. Connor Rhodes, Dr. Gregory House, or Dr. Hawkeye Pierce. Which one of these actually holds a doctor title? Gregory House. No, he does not. That's Hugh Laurie. He has some fellowships. But actually, Alan Alda has gotten uh, multiple honorary doctorates.
1: Hawkeye Pierce. Yep, Hawkeye is Pierce. a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kind of. I don't. How do you view the honorary doctorates? Do you guys consider those
3: real doctors? I mean, it's conferred, you know, on an individual. Um, So, to a certain extent, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, short answer no um, yeah I was always wondering
0: about that they're in acting though so I think he's at least you know earned his, his chops yeah, on that
3: it it just would be fascinating and I don't know like I, I'm just curious if it would be fascinating let's like, say I was I didn't you know pursue a doctorate degree and I was you know conferred you know when mm-hmm. I expect people to call me doctor You know, I know right yeah <laughs> it, it, do they there's a <laughs> logical thing associated with that you know like, yeah. I don't think
0: yeah. I think if somebody got an honorary doctorate, I would not call them doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calling a chiropractor a doctor. I won't do it. I won't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next uh, next batch: uh, Doctor Ken Jung, Doctor Doogie Hauser, or Doctor Meredith Grey. Hmm, Meredith Grey. I so see. You would think. Uh, but no, Doctor Ken Zhang is actually a real doctor, and he's a real medical doctor as well. He went through, he went through medical school. He's the 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 Asian uh, fellow that played uh, the Spanish teacher on Community. Um, he was he's in the he had his own show that came out called Doctor Ken. Yeah, I've been seen it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Last one then. Last one. We'll wrap this up. Mm-hmm. All right, Doctor Pepper, Doctor Seuss, or Doctor Acula.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord.
2: Um, do you repeat it? Doctor Pepper, Doctor Seuss, or Doctor Acula? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Hmm. Dr. Acula. No, yes. uh, that's actually just Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> also Dr. the one,
1: Dr. Oh. Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's Dr. also the one I chose in the, the pre-call when Kyle was telling me about him. I was like, Oh, oh it's definitely Dr. Acula.
3: <laughs> yeah. I was like, Doctor, I, I was like, definitely not Dr. Pepper. And I was like, Dr. Seuss. Hmm. Dr. Seuss.
0: Yes. He has an honorary degree. He dropped out of school. Mm. And then it, he took on the moniker to appease his parents. Uh, ah. But then he actually ended up getting an honorary after. <laughs> uh, the Dr. Pepper one was kind of interesting because everyone thinks it's based or it was named as an homage to a Dr. Pepper um, in the town where Dr. Pepper was actually created. But there's nothing that really confirms that. So I would have taken
3: Dr. Pepper, but. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> But the, the Dracula one was pretty talented. <laughs> Dr. Dracula. <laughs> that, that's
0: actually a Mitch Hedberg uh, joke. I think he said he went to get a bullet drawn. Don't ever go see Dr. Acula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Dr. Hans, you got to tell uh, people where they can find you. Are you on uh, any of the socials? Uh, you got your website? Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Tutor.
3: Uh, you all, um, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kyle. Thank you, Dan. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. you no, know, I always enjoy being able to you know, talk about the economy, whether it's macro or micro, and uh, looking at the future and what's ahead. Uh, for this year, I feel there's going to be you know, this volatility as we continue mm-hmm. to figure out what's ahead. Right. I mean, right. every other day there's something new, whether it's, t- you know, taxing the rich or finding ways to spend more money or, you know, whatever it is that will be next. So mm. that uncertainty is going to continue, especially this year. And yeah. also the reopening, right? Are we going to be able to reopen successfully? Are we going to reach herd immunity? There's so many questions in play. So I'm going to, continue to kind of watch and monitor. Most importantly, I'm going to continue to um, broadening my perspective, mm-hmm. you know, specifically with the cryptocurrency, not, you know, <laughs> not the ones. Like today I heard, oh, there's this Shiba Inu coin. Or, no, 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 I don't. I, don't <laughs> I can't. Uh, but, but the projects that are really making a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because as we see the stock market kind of go sideways or down and we see the crypto market, you know, take off on a rocket to the moon, it begs the Literally. question. <laughs> <laughs> it begs the question, um, you know, should we learn or educate ourselves about this asset class? So I'm gonna continue to do that. For individuals who kind of want to follow um, you know, my journey or you know the information that i share you can find me on instagram at the investing tutor so that's t h e investing tutor
0: we'll put and a link to that in the episode description
3: oh for appreciate sure appreciate it um and my website i have a free stock uh you know workshop so if individuals want to check that out it is www.theinvestingtutor.com and uh, yeah this was an absolute uh, delight. Really but, loved uh, the discussion. I think we've
0: got left a lot on the table, too. We barely scratched the surface. I think if you're up for it, we'll probably try to have you back on maybe in a month or two.
3: Yeah, uh, let's make that happen. We'll, awesome. see what, we'll see what analogy I can come up with on the talk. <laughs>
0: I'll <laughs> to do some more doctor <laughs> research, too. <laughs> How
3: about you, Reese? And it's funny, because if you had done um, the episode on... Which one of these individuals have played a, a, a key role in the U.S. economic system, right? Oh. Ben Bernanke, because I know probably about a hundred times more <laughs> about <laughs> okay the market and the economy and 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 that than I do about the healthcare hmm. field because okay. Okay. it's been my entire focus for the past 12 years. When I was in pharmacy school, I was reading more about the stock market and finance than I was about pharmacy, even in school. <laughs> 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 well,
1: then one last quick question for me then is, uh, uh, can you name an economist that uh, started out poor and, and got rich?
3: Started out poor and got rich. Hmm.
1: Yeah, like a rags to richest... Ridge's uh,
2: economist. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Well, I don't. I don't know if you would need mm. to
3: check, but let's let's. I'll go with Paul Krugman. Paul Krugman.
2: Okay.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, I I need to see his beginnings. If he came started out, you know, poor, but he's doing pretty well, and he's he's one person that comes to mind. Because oh, uh, to- Kyle yeah. and
1: I have often discussed the, That it uh, doesn't, doesn't seem like There's a lot of rich economists out
3: there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's super rich But you know He's, he's probably doing well Does all yeah,
0: he, was, right. he was born <laughs> to a Russian than- Jewish family mm-hmm. So he well, was in 1922 also So probably <laughs> an immigrant I'm guessing he probably didn't do too well Coming over here
3: yeah. Most and, of the time they left everything behind when they did that. And nineteen twenty two, you know, a couple of years right before the depression.
1: Yeah. 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 All right. Good call. Good call. Paul Krugman. Wow. Huh. <laughs> wow. Thought he was gonna stump you there.
3: Almost did. I, I told you when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to uh money, finance, economy, man. That's um, your jam. It really is. It really is
0: all right, Danny. Want to wrap us
3: up?
1: Yeah. Oh, this has been so fantastic having Doctor Hans with us here in the shop. Uh, we're, we're so glad you all came and gave it a listen, and you've made it here to the end. But uh, as always, uh, we gotta shut the door sometime. We know Wall Street's dangerous after dark. But uh, are we?
0: Are we? Is the party over? Yeah. The <laughs> th- this party's over. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to find
1: another one uh, until next time. Uh, But we promise we'll be back at you soon. And until then, happy
0: trades. Bye, folks. Bye, everyone.
1: Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading.
2: If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.